Hey guys, welcome back to SoundHub and Happy New Year. I am your host, Drew Pearson, and I hope you all had some wonderful time off over the holidays with friends and family. Well, it is January, and that means two things. It has become pretty frigid here in Michigan, and CES just happened in Las Vegas, which means that some very interesting tech products were on display. Don't worry, we'll be getting to those here shortly. But there was an important news story that recently happened to Apple. On January 2nd, Tim Cook released a letter to investors in order to ease the blow of a worse-than-expected holiday quarter. It is highly unusual coming from Apple. Their stock obviously took a nosedive. In the letter, he pointed out uh, the economic slowdown in China as the main culprit for slowing iPhone sales. I have a feeling that iPhone sales are slowing down everywhere for two reasons. First of all, as I alluded to last month, I believe that Apple has finally reached the ceiling on the prices it can charge the general public. This isn't 2007, where the iPhone is heads and shoulders above its competition. There are excellent flagship alternatives as well as great cheaper alternatives. The urge to upgrade on the old two-year contract cycle seems to be diminished. Phones are great for three to four years now. The only problem you may encounter is that the battery loses its charging capacity. Apple also addressed this as a culprit. For the better part of last year, they offered to replace most iPhone batteries for a $29 fee. Well, a lot of people took advantage of this offer. And lo and behold, their iPhone SE or 6S was now good to go for another couple years. So, we'll have to wait and see how the earnings go this quarter for Apple. But I am honestly hoping that enough people waited this cycle out so that they get the hint about how expensive their products have become. It wasn't just the iPhone. They increased prices across the board. The products, the products are still excellent, mind you. But consumers are starting to feel the pinch of stagnant wages and increased living costs in most areas. So we'll see how it plays out for them and if they decide to adapt. Okay, just a couple more Apple News tidbits for you and then we'll get into the Consumer Electronics Show 2019. Apple has finally began approving USB-C to Lightning cables. Up until now, You had to buy the Apple-branded cable if you wanted to quick-charge your iPhone or iPad. So it's exciting that cheaper options will soon be available from my favorite third-party companies such as Anker and Monoprice. Also, speaking of power, their long-awaited solution to a nightstand wireless charging station, AirPower, seems to be still in the works. You may be thinking that there are tons of wireless charging docks out there. What's so great about AirPower? Well, for one, it will be capable of quick-charging Apple devices, which is actually kind of a rarity. Also, you can charge up three devices at once, and you don't have to lay them perfectly in alignment. You can just sort of set your Apple Watch, iPhone, and AirPods on there, and they'll charge correctly. You noticed I said AirPods. Well, A wireless charging version has also been rumored alongside AirPower. We'll have to see if it actually comes to fruition. 
Apple also announced at CES that they will be opening up the AirPlay 2 standard to other smart TV brands such as Sony and Samsung. You'll be able to basically use your iPhone or iPad with these different brands in a way that Chromecast has worked with Androids for years. It's kind of rare that Apple decides to play nice with other companies, so they might be looking to expand their reach with Apple Music. Spotify is already pretty inclusive on all platforms, so I think they're trying to play ball on the same turf. Apple also revived its hashtag shot on iPhone marketing campaign. They are seeking the 10 best unmodified iPhone pictures from that hashtag to use on billboards around the world. The top 10 photographers will now receive an undisclosed cash prize. If you're interested, more info is online and they are accepting photo submissions until February 7th. In Android news, the Samsung Galaxy S10 range leaked a bit early. There will apparently be three models in the new range, and they will officially be unveiled at a Samsung event on February 20th. I won't get too far deep into the rumors, but it looks like there's going to be an entry-level S10e with a 5.8-inch display, the standard S10 with a 6.2-inch display, and the larger S10 Plus with a big 6.44-inch display. I'll be keeping my eye on that event, seeing as how this is the best-selling Android phone range around. Okay, on to the big tech news of the month. Uh, CES happened in Las Vegas during the second week of January. And, as usual, we get a glimpse of the future, as well as a little bit of the ridiculous. The showstopper, for me anyways, was the LG OLED TVR a 65-inch OLED TV that unrolls out of a box when you want to watch it, then hides away again when you don't. It combines the best features, in my opinion, of a projector and a TV. You get the superior picture quality of OLED, but it hides out of sight when you don't want to watch it, like a projector screen. Very cool, and unlike most products shown off at CES, LG says that it will actually be on sale this year. Kudos to them. Other than this, 8K TVs dominated the show floor. But honestly, we are barely to the point where a portion of the population can even stream 4K content. 8K doesn't mean much if the source material and internet bandwidth aren't there to support it. So yay, TV makers, for showing off what you can make. But I'll try and let you know when upgrading actually makes sense. On the audio front, Dolby showed off their own wireless home theater headphones, which are called the Dimension. These $600 headphones are Dolby's first branded home product, actually. They are Bluetooth and are designed to be used in the home with whatever device you choose to consume video content with. iPad, TV, computer, whatever. They can save up to 8 device pairings and allow you to switch between them at will. So this is nice if you don't view your video content from just one device. Being Dolby, these are obviously optimized for movies and not music. So don't be too quick to throw out your Sennheisers. These aren't advertised as providing Atmos or 7.1 specifically. Dolby has just used their movie tuning magic to provide a nice sound field for whatever 
you're watching. They're sort of using Bose Marketing 101. Let us take care of the complicated settings, just sit back and enjoy. The dimensions also feature head tracking. So if you're watching your TV and turn your head, it will keep the sound centered towards the screen. It's very interesting and appropriate and seen as they are marketing this as a substitute for a full home theater system. I can see this being a great thing if you're living in an apartment surrounded by other units. Speaking for myself, uh, movies are so much more immersive when you feel the bass rumble from the subwoofer and the planes flying overhead. In an apartment, this sort of immersion isn't usually accessible if you want to keep your lease for very long. $600 is a tough sell when only one person can enjoy this product at a time. A soundbar and subwoofer will still be a better option for most apartment dwellers. PSB, a Canadian speaker company which consistently produces great speakers, updated their affordable Alpha speaker range for the first time since 1991. The original were best sellers thanks to their outstanding value. The new Alphas begin at $199 a pair and go up to $599 a pair for the floor standing speakers. If they sound as good as the last gen, they will be a strong contender for the SoundHub budget recommendation this year. One more thing in audio news I'd like to mention. Uh, there are rumors that Sonos, the most popular wireless speaker company, is developing high-end wireless headphones. I will keep you posted on that one as more news comes out. In keeping with the most popular New Year's resolutions... A lot of health devices were also on the floor at CES. Withings unveiled the Move Fitness Watch that features an ECG function, which was first introduced in the consumer sector last year in the Apple Watch Series 4. The nice thing about the Move is that it will cost just $130, which is roughly a third of the price of the Apple. Chronolife, a French health tech company, I didn't know there was one, uh, showed off their cotton vest, which it says measures six health stats in real time and combined with machine learning is able to predict an oncoming heart attack. The retail price will be 200 euros, which is about $230. Philips was showing off its Smart Sleep Snoring Relief Band which you wear around your chest. It tracks your sleep and sleep position. When it senses that you're lying on your back, which is when most people snore, the sensor encourages you to switch positions in a, quote, natural, non-invasive, comfortable way. Whatever that means, Phillips. Uh, but it is interesting from a company that has shown a lot of interest in helping people sleep better. I use one of their simulated sunrise alarm clocks and it has been wonderful for my morning energy levels. The company Sports Art unveiled its Verde treadmill, which at face value just looks like a Peloton competitor, but it has a unique trick up its belt. It actually lets you generate electricity from your workout and charge gadgets with it. Charging your phone to 100% would be a good workout motivator, wouldn't it? 
there were also an abundance of helpful robots at CES this year. As the 74 million baby boomers in this country continue to age, some companies, such as Samsung, see a market opportunity. They showed off their Bot Care robot, which looks a lot like Evie from the Pixar film WALL-E. It has features that many seniors would find useful, such as fall detection, health info from putting a finger on its face. Yep. Uh, it will remind you when to take your medicine. Its screen will show you stretching poses, and it can play soothing music to help you unwind. The really nice thing is that it can relay your vitals to your health provider as well as a family member. For seniors that crave independent living, this little robot can provide some peace of mind for families. The company Baco has their Emo robot that sits on your counter or dresser and also looks cute. Think of this guy as a more expressive Alexa. It will read your text messages to you, control smart home devices, and apparently can recognize the emotional state of its owner and react accordingly. It also shows emotion when it hears its name and when reading text messages. A neat little companion. Uh, in the vein of companionship robots, there were also the Lovat and Kiki robots that simulate pets without the attached vet bills. They recognize faces, will track your movement, and react to petting and hugging. Sony has had a robot dog for a couple of years now, and these things are quite honestly cute and interactive. If you are looking at upgrading your Wi-Fi in your home soon, you may be confused when you begin looking. There is a new naming convention for wireless routers now. I'm sure you are all familiar with the confusing 802.11n and 802.11ac, 802.blah-blah-blah ratings, that have been out there for years. You're not alone. It confuses most people, apparently. Uh, so a group called the Wi-Fi Alliance has agreed upon a new naming scheme for routers going forward. Instead of confusing numbers and letters, they are simplifying it to just a single-digit number. The latest, greatest, and fastest routers will carry the label Wi-Fi 6. These are just coming out, and no current devices can take advantage of their extra bandwidth yet. Uh, and most Americans don't even have that bandwidth capability, uh, so you don't need to rush out and replace your router just yet. By the end of the year, the models will be more numerous and cheaper, so it's better to wait for now. Existing routers that are capable of 802.11ac bandwidth and range will now be labeled as Wi-Fi 5. All you need to know is that higher numbers in this new naming standard have better range and bandwidth. So when you're shopping, get a 6-rated router if it's within your budget. Otherwise, most homes will be fine with a 5-rated system for the next couple of years at least. The last little bit of January news I'd like to mention is the addition of dog filters to the Snapchat app. I haven't had the opportunity to try these out yet, but they look quite fun, and it's very nice that they have adapted their facial recognition to dogs. I'm all for the addition of dogs to any technology, really. I mean, come on, you can't go wrong.
And there you have it, another episode of SoundHub. Thank you to any new listeners out there for subscribing. We are available on all major podcasts and streaming platforms. You can also visit us at soundhubpodcast.com or by liking us on Facebook. If you would like to support me and the cost it takes to keep this thing going, uh, SoundHub now has a Patreon page where you can donate as little as $1 per month. Thank you very much if you choose to become a patron. Uh, I hope to be able to offer you guys some rewards in exchange for your support soon. Also, please drop me a review on iTunes if you have a minute. It helps me with feedback and helps others find me as well. You can also email suggestions or feedback to drew at soundhubpodcast.com. Stay tuned for the next episode. And until next time, thanks for listening. Bye.